And this is Encounter with God here on Faith FM. Welcome back, everybody, as we get into our Bible study for the day. 20 million movement, 20 million people around the world all studying the same passage of the Bible at the same time. Mon, what's our first clue for the quiz? It's not our first no, clue, no. The you last clue. It's the first clue, don't <coughs> you? Last just one. love first clues. It is, yeah, it actually is the last one on this clue card. And then after that, we'll be DIYing it. Okay. I, I, I gave a good, really good clue yesterday. I was like, this, 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 this. The answer to this question is all about why God likes um, Australia better than America or France better than England. Which he doesn't. Well, I don't which he doesn't. Know. I don't he doesn't. Know. You know, he's no respecter of persons. But there is a, there is a there is a the cryptic clue within that. Can someone call me and tell me why they let Lyle on the radio? <laughs> Nobody. What do you mean? He likes France better than America. Yeah. You got you got some splaying to do. Uh-huh. It you all comes it all comes down to how many degrees the sun went back on the sundial of Hezekiah. Okay, let me give the final makey sensey clue on this clue card. It's the number of plagues poured out upon Egypt during the time of Moses. Uh, so that clue makes way more sense than Lyle's crypticisms. Uh, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, if you know the answer. It's 1-800-324-843. And we will send you a brand new copy of The uh, the Great Controversy by E.G. White, a really fabulous book. Uh, and also, Lyle, while we're talking about fabulousness, I want to welcome to the studio, Holly! Hello, Holly. Hello. <laughs> so for those of you who aren't aware, Harley is Lyle's eldest son. This is my third time on here with you guys. Yeah, is it really? Mm-hmm. Did I miss the first time? Welcome two? to the show. No. no. Was I here? Yes. Okay, okay, I forget. Anyway, you don't. So if you come on Faith FM, uh, never fear, you will be forgotten within five minutes of leaving the studio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you're... Lyle's son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Even if your family. <laughs> so you are here this morning, Harley, because you are on your way to uh, Brisbane. Uh, I think you're flying yeah. up there, and so mum and dad are giving you a lift mm-hmm. up to the airport after the show. So, so what's happening in Brisbane? Tell all of our listeners all about it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm in my final year of um, study at uh, Avondale College, uh, studying ministry and theology to be a pastor. And so for one of my, it's, we just finished the semester, but for during the break, I need to do an externship, uh, and so I'll be joining the. Uh, I'll be working with the uh, Southern Queensland Conference, and um, working up there for ten days in the uh, Stanthorpe and Warwick areas. Okay, so you have to do a bit of uh, around. just getting out. some practical experience of what it means, what it's like to be a pastor. Doing a Timothy. Yes, I've never heard of the word externship. I've never even heard of internship. It's just a Timothy. They make it's that just up. doing a Timothy. Did they make up externship? No, externship's the opposite of Just internship. call him Timothy from now on. I didn't know there was. Okay, Timothy. Internship, you go yeah. in. Externship, you go out. I thought you'd always be just going out. You'd yeah, be going into business. a church. You're going into But a the church. internship is different for pastors. That's, okay. That'll be... I'm pretty sure they just they do it to save from your course. The word exists. <coughs> the and word the exists. fight has broken out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, just, just call him Timothy. Just call him Timothy. Okay, Timothy. He's um, doing, a, doing a Timothy. You know, Timothy who hang around with Paul for a while and then went, went and did his own things. He's going to hang around with... Uh, who, who's the guy hanging around with? Uh, Pastor Trevor Mayer. There you go, Trevor Mayer. Um, up in Stanthorpe, Warwick area. And uh, if you are a listener from that area, then uh, head along to one of the Adventist churches there and you might... Will you, will you be I'll preaching? I'll be preaching the, this Sabbath and next Sabbath. At, Saturday. At, uh, 
At a church. Yes. One of, <laughs> one of those two. I'm, uh, at, Harley city. will be preaching at a church. Well, Warwick and Stanthorpe churches. I'm just trying to remember which order I'm going there, but I don't know. Lyle, no. you must be so proud that your eldest son is following in your footsteps. Absolutely. I'm incredibly proud of both my boys. Uh, wouldn't it be cool if, like, when Harley gets married and has some kids, if, like, your grandson also became a pastor and then suddenly you have these, like, generations of Southwell pastors? We already have generations. Oh, you do? Yeah, my grandfather was a pastor. No way! Absolutely. Fair Yep, so Harley's third generation now. Okay, now there's too many of them, we need to wipe them out. <laughs> we are kids. taking over. The, <laughs> this is the Southwell takeover. I see how it is. <laughs> anyway, it's really cool to have you on the show this morning. And thank you so much for agreeing to join us for the uh, Bible study portion of our show, especially because I caught you sleeping in the kitchen earlier. During the show, yes, fact, Harley is not a breakfast show host. No, no, he'd be an afternoon drive kind of He's guy. A, yes. Yeah, well, oh yes. Give me that. <laughs> but yeah, I nah, walked into the morning, kitchen. Morning person is a choice, isn't it, Mon? Yeah, yes, it is. That's right, Lyle. It's a know. decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I walked into the kitchen before, and there was a body in the corner, and I was like, Ugh! and then I was just, <laughs> it <laughs> was Harley asleep. You should have gone and gone to sleep <laughs> in one of the one of the unused offices that have. But there was a couch in the kitchen. Yes, yeah, true. I don't know why you put a couch in the kitchen. Couches are, I mean, kitchens are usually quite loud a couch, places. A couch in the kitchen. Yeah, that is most interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like not the anyway. usual place that you'd expect to find that. Okay, we need, to, we, do need, we are distracted. We need to get to our Bible study. Joshua chapter 2, verse 7 to 13. What do you mean, Joshua chapter 2? You told me to Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2. Yeah, I was going to yes, say, you're yes. trying to pull it dirty on me. You got all nice about You know, this is, this is actually very, when... very... We haven't been distracted from our Bible study. In fact, we've been doing our Bible study right the way through this conversation. Really? Yes. How so? Because what Harley and I and you, and I, you have been talking about is what this Bible study is all about. Family. Generations. Oh, generations. Oh. Generations. Okay, okay, cool. Yes. Okay, so the title is Toward a First Generation Faith. And so the question is, how do you have a first-gen faith? You see, I have second-gen, third-gen, second, first-gen, second-gen, third-gen in faith, and it follows a cycle. Uh, and the cycle goes a little bit like this. This is something that Harley shared with me some time ago. Let me see if I can get it right. Hard times make strong men. Strong men make, make good, good times. times. Good times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. Hard times. Make hard times men. make strong men. So it's a cycle. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, so let me explain how the cycle works within Christianity. Okay. This you have so somebody who's going through a hard time. Mm-hmm. Um, they are an atheist, they are an alcoholic, they are uh, whatever, whatever they might be. And because of the hard times that they are going through, they find Jesus Christ and it transforms their life. And they go from being a total loser to being a very... Um, uh, productive person in society. And, and you'll see this cycle over and over and over and over again. They will then have children. So they marry, they have children, and those children will grow up to be productive members of society and they will adopt the faith of their parents. But not at the same level of zeal because they have never experienced uh, going from you know, the bottom of the barrel going from the gutter to freedom in Christ. They've never had that contrast. And so their zeal for following Jesus is never the same as their parents' zeal. But they have seen their parents' zeal, they have experienced their parents' zeal, and a lot of that rubs off. 
But then when it goes to the third generation, a lot less of it rubs off, and it is typically the third generation that leaves Christianity, and then you'll have another three generations before they come back. Wow. And then those three generations that have so your third, your third gen, your third gen are going to uh, are going to be well educated. Um, they're going to be um, high, you know, high employment rate. They're going to um, have a much higher socioeconomic um, standard than the the two generations that came before them. Um, and then from that particular point, your third generation, that's where it will all start to unravel and reverse until you come to a generation that is back in the gutter again. How do you think you combat that? Um, the, the way you combat that is by um, establishing a first-generation faith for yourself if you are a multi-generational Christian. Yes. Okay. That's, you have to come to a point where you determine your own values. As a as a person and, and 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 claim the faith as your own. So your Harley are a fifth generation yes. Seventh Adventist Christian. Really, I didn't. I thought I was fourth, but fifth generation. Yes, fifth generation. Okay, let me let me just figure. Do you know out. whether it's further right. back than that? Uh, I have to do a little bit of thinking about that. But anyway, while I'm thinking about that, uh, Monica, why don't you read for us Judges chapter two, verse seven to thirteen. Judges chapter two, verses seven to thirteen goes like this. Oh, you're right. You're fourth. Fourth gen. That didn't take long thinking. Yeah. Congratulations. Very a bit, fast. Of, bit, a bit of calculating on my fingers. Do you know, I actually have no idea how far back Adventism goes in my family. Really? Don't know anything about our grandparents. That's but most interesting. For obvious reasons. And the Israelites served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and the leaders who outlived him, those who had seen all the great things the Lord had done for Israel. Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land he had been allocated at Timnath Surah, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. After that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord. Okay, so here you've got exactly what we talked about. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Perfect illustration of the three-generation uh, experience, and you've got it in the experience this time of an entire nation. Do you want me to finish off reading that verse, though? Yes, please. Okay. So you, <laughs> we've had so much fun with trying to turn the microphones on and off this morning, uh, Harley. Uh, I, tried to turn the, I tried to turn the microphone off earlier. I was about to sneeze, and it didn't work, and I sneezed right into the microphone. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> anyway, Lyle's trying to turn it off right now so he can blow his nose. Uh, anyway, okay, so... The, after that generation died, another generation grew up who did not acknowledge the Lord or remember the mighty things he had done for Israel. The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight and served the images of Baal. They abandoned the Lord, the God of their ancestors, who had brought them out of Egypt. They went after other gods, worshipping the gods of the people around them, and they angered the Lord. They abandoned the Lord to serve Baal and the images of Ashtoreth. That's not great. No, not great at all. And it resulted in disaster for Israel. And what you're going to find is you read through the uh, story of Israel, um, through the judges and the kings, is they continue to follow this cycle. The cycle of hard times making strong men, strong men making good times, uh, good times making weak men, and weak men making hard times. And so you move from hard times where you have great leaders who rise up and in the book of Judges you're going to find people like Gideon and Jephthah and people like this. Othniel. Othniel. um, Ehud. Ehud, the left-handed man uh, who rise up. And Deborah. 
That's right. Absolutely. One of the one of the greatest uh, strategic victories that uh, was ever accomplished in ancient Israel, where they actually annihilated their enemies, was led by a uh, a female general. Uh, she initiated the strategy, invented the strategy by which they won, under God's blessing, of course. But you're going to find that these people stand up in times of terrible, terrible, um, you know, terribly hard times. God's people have become oppressed by the nations around them because they have left off from serving God. These people stand up, they lead the nation back to God. Um, God steps in, he delivers them. Times become good again. As soon as times become good again and the leader dies, the next generation comes along and they wander away from God. And so it just becomes a cycle. That cycle then continues through the kings. You know, because you've got David uh, who has to fight his entire life, but then you've got Solomon who comes along and never has to draw his sword once. And of course, under Solomon's reign, then the nation divides and it splits, you know, as after Solomon's reign, I should say, it splits into two. And you have. You know, civil war that takes place, and then you've got this cycle through the kings of Judah, where they go from, you know, serving God to serving Baal to serving God to serving you know various other gods all the way through, and it is simply following this same cycle. It's interesting to know that every time I, you know, people read uh, the Israelites' account, they're always like, "Oh, these Israelites are so stupid." They're always back and forth and flip flopping between God and worshiping, you know, false gods. And um, but really, it's always just a story of us. It's always just a story of us. And so, you know, <laughs> looking at this and seeing how they're off worshiping crazy gods, we do the same thing though, but we have different gods. Like, yeah. We call them different things, you know. We call them money and work and all kinds of different nonsenses. Mm. But um, but yeah, we all, we all have the same thing. And we do need to be careful about this generational issue. We do. And we need to stop and think about the generation that we are in. Yes. Uh, because, for instance, I'm a third generation. My son is a fourth generation. Um, and that means that we need to recognize that we are actually in danger. Mm. So my generation, the third generation, is going to be the generation that is going to be, you know, is, is going to rise the highest in you know, socioeconomic circles out of the last three generations since... Um, my grandfather gave his life to Jesus Christ. Mm. That's simply how it's going to happen, and that's going to create a certain level of danger. There's a reason why the Bible says it's harder to get a rich man into heaven than a camel through the eye of a needle. Um, wealth and ease and luxury and uh, peace create a danger where we we lose our reliance on God. Rich and increased in goods and in need Rich of and increased with goods and in need of nothing. And so what I need to be aware of and what I need to be afraid of is a decline, you know, even if I stay in the faith, regardless of whether I stay in the faith or outside of the faith, statistically, when it comes to my children, there's going to de- going to be a decline. So they're not going to, if they do stay in the faith, they're not going to be as strong in the faith, statistically. <clears throat> Just clarifying that, since my son is sitting right here. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad you're in his family. <laughs> but they're not going to be as strong in the faith, neither are they going to be as productive in society, statistically. They are then going to raise a generation that are a lot less. And so they're, you know, statistically, you know, it's going down from there um, and it's going to, you know, create hard times for my family in the future that will be overcome when they give their lives back to Jesus Christ. All right, and so if you're a fourth generation or a fifth generation or a sixth generation, what you can do is 
Sorry, Mon, for butting in. Hold no, no, that no go on, go on. What you can do is the first thing you need to do is to recognize what generation you are and recognize the dangers that you are in mm. because pitfalls. then you can be proactive about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, I mean, if you can recognize the pitfalls, you have a much better chance of avoiding them. Yeah. yeah. And without the, and, and, and the advantage is that you can, you can come to know Christ without having to go through a, Horrible experience. Yes, that's that's so true. Yeah, I actually had someone tell me one time, you can't really experience God unless you like go out in the world first and do drugs and get drunk and go off the rails a bit, and then you can really experience salvation. And I was like, that's a terrible. Okay, cool. Let me let me let me read something that comes from the uh, the study guide here. It says Joe, coming out of atheism, joined the church as an adult after a powerful conversion experience. He married a Christian woman and had a few children, whom they of course raised in the faith. One day, thinking about the spiritual condition of his children, he said, Oh, if only my children would have the experience that I had. What would you say to this person? I'd say they can through his experience. If he, I truly believe often that the spirituality of the parents is passed on to the children, I think, if the parents were more diligent. But when he says, if only they had the experience that I had or have... Or have had, what is he referring to? Is he referring to his experience with Christ? No, his ex- or his experience in the world? His experience in the world and how it led him to Christ. I think he's talking about both. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because his experience in the world was so hard, and he appreciated his um, his experience in Christ, you know, so much, and it meant so much to him because he had experienced the world. He wishes that his children could have his experience with Christ. Yeah. But he doesn't see how they could have that without actually knowing, know, having known the other side. Do you think it's impossible? No, I think that uh, the greatest testimony is the testimony of somebody who says, you know, I have never, ever remember ever any time when I did not know Christ. Mm. I agree with that. Yeah, that's, that's, yep. that, that is the greatest testimony. And you can see... The- you know, I was born into a Christian home and my earliest memories are of knowing Jesus as my best, most close personal friend and my Lord and Saviour. And you can mm-hmm. see everything they've accomplished, what the Lord's done through them throughout their entire life. Yeah. 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 Those are, yeah, those are incredible testimonies. Yeah. And, that's, and, it, and, it, and it can be an advantage rather than a disadvantage if, we, if it's looked at that way. And I think parenting is a very important aspect of this. If the parents are, are able to pass on the knowledge of experience of the generations before, you know, that's why I've appreciated, you know, Having having a, a family where I can sit up the you know the feet of my grandparents and they tell me what it was like back in their day, and 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 the stuff they went through and I can learn stories from them and and then from you guys and but nowadays I feel like many families you know that that don't ha- necessarily have that closeness anymore I don't know I may be wrong but this just seems like that's there's a, there's this disjoint and there's no longer that passing down of uh, experiential so knowledge. mentorship mentorship and becomes uh, really important yeah. is what you're saying yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd agree. Because you can live through your you can live through your family. That's true. Yeah, you can live through the experiences of 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 your of your parents or your grandparents. It's actually one of the reasons why I never take up alcohol drinking alcohol was because my dad told me, um, you know, he he, he didn't uh, exaggerate anything, but he told me his experiences with drinking alcohol, which were few. Um, but he just told me, you know, what happened, how it felt to be drunk, uh, how it felt the morning after, you know, the vomiting. <laughs> and, you know, and just told me, like, he would just tell me this story about this time that he got drunk. And he was just very plain and simply stating it. And, um, and looking at his experience, I was like, well, I'm not really interested in that. 
And yeah. who's interested? I remember when I remember when Dad was telling me stories about when he was a designated driver for his mates back when he was when he was a tradie, and then you know they're vomiting blood and stuff like that because they were so yeah off their face and stuff. And I'm like, okay, yep, that was just, uh, that stuck just with just me. That stuck with yeah, me. Like, even as you were saying that right now, that's that that came back and that stuck with me and that's been in my head for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So you can definitely pass on your experiences to your kids. And, uh, you know, some of those experiences I had without actually using alcohol were just amazing um, lesson, lessons learned. Anyway, this is uh, Matthew West with Family Tree here on Facebook.
like the seasons change, winter into spring. You're bringing new life to your family tree now. Welcome back, everybody. That was Matthew West with Family Tree here on Faith FM. What an appropriate song once again for uh, the theme that we are studying this morning as we're looking at uh, Christianity and religion as it works its way through uh, generations, family generations. And speaking of working their way through, we're working our way through your sons because now, stepping into the studio, we have your youngest son, Emery. Hi, Emery. Hello. <laughs> this is all. So, we've got the whole family this morning. We should get Shelly next for uh, Question of the Day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a family, a family gathering on Faith FM. Um, they all just came walking into the studio, so we just sit them behind a microphone and yeah. uh, say, hey, say it's something. A, it's a dangerous place to come near it's at this true. hour of the morning. It's true. You come near the breakfast show, you might end up on a microphone. You will be dragged in. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll come back anymore. <laughs> <laughs> every. You will be back every morning for free breakfast. I know how it goes. <laughs> okay, so um, how's life down on Lake Macquarie? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. You get Walked to uh, this you, morning, you get a it was 17 view. degrees out this morning. It was Beautiful. It was balmy, wasn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's colder inside the house. You need a fireplace. Yeah, oh yeah. <coughs> Your uh, landlord could come back in uh, six months' time whenever he comes back and is like, ooh, okay, there's a fire here. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, let me see here. Another clue for the quiz. All right, so here okay. it comes. I'm going to try to make this okay. one cryptic. Go on. Uh, because no one's got this one yet. It's a, What number am I? 1-800-324-843. One of Goliath's brothers had this many toes minus two. Okay, for those of you who are less cryptic, <laughs> a less cryptic clue. <laughs> One of Goliath's brothers had this many toes minus two. But Goliath had a lot of brothers. He had a number of brothers. And one of them had a number of toes. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it's significant. It's significant. If you know about the significance of it, then give us, give us a call. 1-800-324-843 is the number. I think that the because I did not say Goliath. You said one of Goliath's brothers. Had this many toes minus two. Yeah. And the significance is that this brother was evidently from Tasmania. And um, <laughs> a little bit of inbredness happening. Where, they, where in the giants come from. <laughs> <laughs> giants, giants of intellect. Extra toes. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a call if you know the answer. Our number is one eight hundred Faith FM. It's one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Or you can text your answer zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Today's prize is a copy of the Great Controversy. Okay, Mon, can you turn to John chapter one, please? Gospel of John chapter one, and we're going to read verse twelve and thirteen. Um, and it has been said that God has no grandchildren. Only children. John chapter 1, verse what? 12 and 13. 12 and 13 says, if I can find it, here we go. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. Wait, did you say this verse as well? I said 12 and 13. How many verses? What were you up oh, to? I was like just launching into 14. It okay. was just really, it sounded really good. Yeah. Yeah. It is really good. It's yeah. really awesome. Okay, so God doesn't have grandchildren. What does that mean? We're all children of God. That means we're all brothers and sisters. Okay, so that means we are all first generation. Does that mean we're all Tasmanians? 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. How many toys do you have, Emery? <laughs> oh dear, this is big on Tasmanians morning this morning. You the only reason that you are getting away with this is because I am a Tasmanian. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I hate to disappoint you on, on this one, Emery, but that makes you part Tasmanian as well. <laughs> Okay, studies of how values and beliefs in organizations such as churches are transmitted to subsequent generations show that the founders have very high levels of commitments to the beliefs. They were the ones who first championed them and, of course, took a fair bit of flack um, and had to defend those beliefs because they were something new. Within a generation or two, many lose sight of the principles behind the values. They go along with the organization, but often from habit, In subsequent generation, habits tend to crystallize into traditions and the founder's passion is no longer present. And so you've got this movement of something that started, okay, this is a biblical principle. And then over time, suddenly, yeah, it's just a tradition and uh, it's not, you know, something from the Word of God so we can change it. That's absolutely true. I actually remember, um, you know, growing up, I guess I'm at least a third generation Adventist and uh, and having, you know, grown up with my other... third generation Adventist friends and going through schooling and um, and coming out the other side and, and not having any idea really what the core beliefs were of our church or why we kept it. And I remember, um, this is in my BC life, being in a pub one day and uh, and talking to some your people. Your BC life, your before Christ life. Yeah, 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 yeah. So back in the day when I would have gone to a pub um, <laughs> and speaking to some people and they were asking us, well, you know, why do you guys like go to church on Saturday? And me just being like... I guess it's tradition. We do it for tradition. It's traditional. It's just you know part of part of the traditional culture. Had no idea whatsoever. No idea that the Bible says, "Remember the no. Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. You know your son, your daughter, your manservant, maidservant, nor the cattle stranger within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven, earth, the sea, and the fountains of waters." Yeah, and um, that was my answer for everything of what, anything that the, our church did was just, it was just a tradition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Emery. So you've had a very um, different experience to your older brother in that uh, your older brother went to uh, college and studied for the ministry, and you did a trade very similar to what I did when I was your age. Yes, I did. Um, and working in the trade, does it you know, and, and obviously being surrounded by people who are not Christians. Does that give you a different perspective on life? Does it give you a different perspective on why you choose to be a Christian? Uh, yeah, it does. When, when I first did the trade, um, leaving school, I left from a Baptist school, um, going to Adventist church um, every every week. Um, I grew up around Christians completely, and I was a bit worried going to a trade because I was worried what it would do to my walk with God, um, being around people who talk filth and swear and, you know. Yeah, just your, your average Aussie. Your average Aussies and good Bogans people and tradies. and Good oh, people, but your average Aussie. people, yeah. yeah. It's rough. Um, and I suppose it sort of strengthened my walk with God in a big way because it showed me what I had, what they didn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because they always... Like if you if you live out what you uh, preach, they always ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't take long. Mm. Um, I've worked at like five workshops, um, and it usually takes like uh, two months at the most before someone comes up. Oh, so, what do you believe? You know, what's this religion of yours? You know, you seem to be you know different to 
what we think Christianity is, you know, and yeah, so it sort of strengthened my walk a lot. And I think that's a very um, valid point. I know going through that, that that same experience for myself that it uh, it draws a big contrast. Yeah, and you can see two different lifestyles contrasted, and he's like, "Well, why why would I go there? You know what what advantage is 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 that offering me that uh, you know in what way is that is that lifestyle going to benefit me? Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's not the same for everybody. There are plenty of people out there who um, you know go go from a a sheltered Christian home to you know uh, a, a trade experience or whatever, and and find that as an opportunity to fall away from God. But um, I think that, you know, it once again it comes down to the decisions that we make in the environment that we find ourselves in as to uh, as to what we actually what we actually choose here. But coming back to our our, our verse here in uh, John chapter one, we find that yes, you cannot be a grandchild to God, you can only be a child of God because you cannot be connected to God through somebody else. You cannot be connected through your parents, you cannot be connected to God through your grandparents. You can only have that personal connection with God for yourself, and that's uh, and that's what we all need to have today. May we all have that personal connection with God. May we all be a child of God today. This is Anthem Lights, all creatures of our God and King. All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, thou silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him. so strong ye clouds that sail in heaven long oh praise him hallelujah thou rising morning praise rejoice ye lights of evening find a voice oh praise him oh praise him Praise the Son And praise the 
looking for free, wholesome fun for the kids these school holidays? Maitland Church is having its winter break frog fun day again for six to nine-year-olds. What do you mean frog, Lyle? Is this a fun day for amphibians? No. Frog stands for fully relying on God. And this holiday's theme is dare to be different. Activities include songs, Bible stories, crafts and snacks. This is a one-day-only special event on Wednesday, the 10th of July, starting at 9am. To register your kids, call 0411 The address is 72 Brunswick Street, East Maitland. Kids, you are welcome to bring all your friends, but book now as spaces are limited. That number again, 04. 04- one one triple two seven six zero. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
Welcome back, everybody. This is Question of the Day here on Faith FM. Did, did you make you up you another clue, by the way? One that actually makes sense? No, my last one made sense. Okay. I, I, got a cl- I got a clue. Go on. Okay. 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 No, 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 go on. The, uh, the, no, oh, there's a captain uh, interruption over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go right. on, Harley. This is the number of toes on the image in Daniel chapter 2. Ooh. Lyle, go on to your clue. Well, I was going to go with Daniel 7 because I thought it may have been a little bit more obscure with horns, but anyway. <laughs> he doesn't what? make them progressively easier. He makes them progressively, progressively harder. harder. That's, that's the Lyle oh, way. Good, good. The Lyle way is to get the answer like on the first clue, to gloat obscenely about it for a long time, and then make really hard cryptic clues so that no yes. one else can possibly get it. That's right. Yeah. that's You got it right there. Lyle that's style. how it works. Lyle style. Ooh, Lyle style. Okay, anyway, all right. It is time for our Q of the D, and today is a great question. Um, I'm going to have to try and memorize it because your phone apparently is dead. Uh, okay, yeah, yep. let me get my phone right. into video mode. Mm-hmm. I've already forgotten the question. Hang on. How am I going to do this? <laughs> yeah. I usually have two phones, Dory. one to video and one to read off, and now I only have one phone. I have to remember the question. <laughs> okay, okay, I've got this. this, I've got this Dory here we go, right three, two, here. one. Question of the day, is the seal of the living God different to the seal of the Holy Spirit? Yes, absolutely it is. Um, there's some very important differences between the two. So we can read about the seal of the Holy Spirit, and a lot of people actually get confused about this because when they read about the seal of God in Revelation uh, chapter 7, they're like, oh, yes, that's the, uh, that's the Holy Spirit right there that we're speaking about because of what it says in Ephesians. Let me just t- flick over there very quickly. Ephesians chapter 4. And verse 30 Where the Bible says And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God By which you are sealed Till the day of redemption Now the seal of the Holy Spirit Is mentioned a number of times In the New Testament And the seal of the Holy Spirit Is a seal that is always given By the Holy Spirit It is given after hearing And believing at the time of conversion And it is accompanied by The gifts of the Holy Spirit That's the seal of the Holy Spirit, and that, of course, relates directly to our salvation, to our connection with God. If you read about the seal of the living God, in contrast, it is a very, very different seal indeed. Let's go over to Revelation chapter 7, and let's look at the identifying characteristics over here. Revelation chapter 7, and we begin reading in uh, verse... Well, well, let's let's verse start verse 2. I saw another angel ascending from the east having the seal of the living God. He cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And, of course, previous to that, he saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth or the sea or on any trees. See, so background here is the very end of time. Um, four angels holding back the, the winds of trouble. So trouble is going to happen at the end of time. You've got angels that are holding it back. Wait, 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 wait until all of the Christians are sealed with the seal of the living God. Now, these, are, these people are Christians. They are servants of God. You cannot be a Christian, you cannot be a servant of God without having the seal of the Holy Spirit. So we know they already have the seal of the Holy Spirit. Here they are given a different seal. Um, It's given by an angel who comes from the east. The other one is given by the Holy Spirit. It's given just before the plagues. The other one is given at conversion. It's given to those who are serving God and who are already sealed with the Holy Spirit. 
Um, elsewhere in the Bible, you find that it's directly related to the Father's name, his character, and his law. Um, it is placed in the forehead, we find, and it is an outward identifying mark of uh, God's people um, that identifies them as people who are obedient to God, who worship God in a way that they choose to do what God says. Because, you know, saying who we worship is very different from actually doing uh, who, you know, doing our, our actions demonstrating who it is that we actually worship. So, yes, two very different seals right there. Thank you so much for answering the question, Lyle. If you have a cue, give us a call. We love fielding a questions. A cue, a question. Okay. Yeah. I mean, don't send a queue of people here. We don't want that. <laughs> uh, but our number here is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You are more than welcome to um, text your questions if you prefer, 0491-064-669. Jump on our website, which is faithfm.com.au. If you want to email a longer question through, uh, that's perfectly fine. Lyle loves reading essay questions as well. You are going to be listening to Ali and Layton with The Sabbath Song. He saved us, He's coming back to take us home. He made us, He saved us, He's coming back to take us home. Jesus, you are welcome in this place. Father, you are welcome in this space. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts with grace. In this palace of time and
You're listening to Ali and Leighton uh, here on Faith FM. We've come to the end of our show, which means that we are about to give something away. And by the looks of what I see sitting on the desk right now, I really would be calling one eight hundred three two four eight four three right now. What have you got Very for us fast. there, Mon? I let Harley pick it out today, and uh, because we had Pastor David Stojic, um, one of our wonderful counsellors, uh, do a little segment today on about you know sex and love and relationships. Uh, we're giving a really important book. This is called Love and Respect by Dr. Emerson Egeritz. It's one of the best books I have ever read about relationships. Uh, we've actually talked about this book previously on air. Um, over more than a million copies of this is sold. Um, so this is talking about you know the relationship between men and women and how they interpret love differently, how they give love differently, and how to better understand each other. And uh, you know, in terms of love and respect, amazing life changing book. Changed my life. Has changed the life of everyone I know who's read it. Um, it's written by a Christian author, so it's a very valuable book. Uh, the number to call if you'd like a copy of it, a free copy of it right now, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. Uh, give us a call. First person through will pick this up totally for free. Fantastic. You know what the number is. You can also text for, text through on 0491064669 is our text number if you want to get in contact with us that way. And, of course, a quick reminder, if you are getting a dodgy signal where you are living, if you are getting two signals that are clashing with each other and you can hear two radio stations at once, there is a very simple solution to getting a perfect signal right across Australia, and that is simply by going to faithfm.com.au on your phone and pressing play. If you'd like to study the Prophetic Code, it is a Bible study series written by Lyle himself. Give us a call here as well. We can set that up for you for free. You can do it online. You can do a paper course. You can do it with somebody. You can do it by yourself. You can do it in a group setting. It's a really fabulous Bible study guide. Definitely call for that now. 1-800-FAITH-FM. You have a fabulous day.